0: Welcome back to Season 5 of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw. I'm here with my co-hosts, Matthew Aguilar and Connor Casey. And we're all here together because before we get out for the Christmas holiday, there's so much to talk about. It's a big week. The Christmas movies are here. We have two big geek-tastic projects coming out. We're here to talk about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom rebel moon we have news to talk about marvel needs to do something it lost its kang this week plus there's some other big issues in geek culture we have to get to welcome to the show everybody welcome matt welcome connor how you guys doing
2: i'm still mad that i had to sit through rebel moon but we'll get to that
0: oh connor please if you don't like it we can uh there's, uh, there's plenty of other shows and things you can do besides do it all for the show that does it all for geek culture, man. You know, as somebody was saying, you have the greatest job. And I looked at them across the table and I was like, yeah, man. But I sit through a lot of too, you know, yeah. it's uh, part of the job. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that. So let's start with uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. We got to talk about this. We got to do some program notes because it's been a busy week here at Comic Book Nation. We are truly becoming a nation of comic book content over here on this podcast. So this week already, we have put out Rebel, or Rebel, oh my God, Riptide Radio. Our Percy Jackson after show has started riding that wave. Liam Crowley has been prepping for this really all his life. And he's just, <laughs> I mean, he's the kids are just out here nailing it. Seriously. He's talked to the uh, showrunners of Percy Jackson this week. And our own friend to the show, Nicole Drum, joined him. And they broke down the first two episodes of Disney Plus's percy jackson and the olympians and i can tell you the fandom for that is very real from the response we're getting check out riptide radio this week every week matt's still killing it with the poll list he's single-handedly taken the comic industry by the uh away from the crazy people and uh giving us a sane place to talk about comics every week the biggest storylines the best recommendations and uh this week was no different. We we had a lot of fun talking about Superman and Animal Pound and Wonder Woman. So check all that out. Plus, guys, you are not going to be bored over the Christmas holiday. Connor, Casey and I dropped the Aquaman 2 full spoilers discussion. So this episode, our live show, will be just kind of relaxed. No spoilers. We're just going to talk about what happened and our feelings about the movies. But for the full breakdown, go and check out our Aquaman spoilers episode we will also have a rebel moon spoilers episode so we can really dig into all of that so check that out after this one so like i said busy week we are a whole nation of comic book content but uh let's get into it connor casey uh let's give people a quick review and kind of tease of what we were thinking about aquaman 2 you've had a chance to sit with it for a couple more days uh what would you think
2: so it's like like I said in the in the spoiler review, it's not bad enough for me to hate it. It's just not good enough for me to remember it in more than a week. It's it's this feels like the Marvels and Quantumania in that what made it on screen is a stitched together version of about four different cuts of this movie. So at certain points, especially when it tries to get into the buddy cop dynamic of Jason Momoa and uh, Ocean Master that works. There's even a scene that feels straight out of like a Beverly Hills cop where it's like, hey, let's go to the CD nightclub and beat up the fish mob boss that's voiced by Martin Short. That part's fun. It takes way too long to get to that point. And then when it gets to the third act, it's nothing more than just kind of a low simmer. It, it never really, nothing really sticks out. Um, Momoa looks checked out at times. The Amber Heard, how they handle that situation is weird. It's it, half-assed is the best way I can describe it. You know, if you're, if you're staying out of this movie because you're mad that she's in it, well, she's only got like six lines, so you're not missing much. Um, the DCEU goes out on a whimper, but this is not the worst thing I've seen this year. It's not the worst superhero movie this year. It's not the worst DCEU movie this year, but it's not great.
0: I mean, in that sense, I, I've I've decided that I think this is actually the perfect ending to the DCEU because it's a mix of like different parts of the franchise come together. You know, the the last remnants of the Snyderverse plus whatever comedic nonsense Jason Momoa decided to do with this actual chapter. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's divisive. People are going to be like, oh, it was enjoyable. Some people are going to be like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And some people are already saying that. And uh, yeah, and even in this sense, I don't think we'll agree on anything about this or this whole thing or ever put this part of history to any kind of real resolution. So, uh, you know, it's par for the course. Uh, I think that Aquaman 2, I told, I was joking with Connor that he and I, Got to sit at the uh, you know historic Opryland theater and see two IMAX movies this year. One was Aquaman two, and the other was Oppenheimer. And I was like, I saw a really good movie in IMAX, and I saw a really not great movie in IMAX. And so, yeah, this was it isn't great. And you know, there are parts of it, and we go into this in the spoilers episode. I feel like this we we break it down in detail about how this is really like five different movies plus studio notes like and reshoots like crammed in together. And it's kind of unfortunate, but if nothing else, I think it makes me appreciate the first Aquaman even more. Like, I think I'm going to go back and watch that fondly now and be like, at least this one had heart and drama and, like, was an epic. This just feels like, I I joked it was a 2007 superhero film, but it also, if you want to compare it to Beverly Hills Cop, it feels like a 90s like tired sequel already where they just started retreading things and the same tropes and stuff. And yeah, so it's not great. And I think if we both said, if we had to recommend something this, this holiday for Christmas, I would tell the family to go see Wonka. And I think you felt the same way.
2: Yeah. Take the kids to Wonka. If you want to go see something a little more serious, go see iron claw. Seeing this isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst uh, not yeah I, I i got my i got time to use my hands this time um but it, yeah if you see this you know it's two hours it's not the worst thing in the world to see it but there's better stuff out there
0: it's better than Morbius to answer a question from
2: our top fan <laughs> Damian Gray. It's better than Morbius. Well, um, it is, is. Exactly. Morbin time, yes. Uh
1: yeah. The, so I Andrew's actually gonna go see it uh in an hour <laughs> in, the, in the comments. What one of the things I wanted to, to ask, obviously, this is non-spoiler stuff, but like one of the things that intrigued me most. I have not seen it. So one of the things that intrigued, and I was one of the biggest defenders of the first movie because I, I really still love that movie <laughs> a lot. Um I was intrigued by in the comics, all the parental stuff has become such a bigger part of Aquaman canon. And in this, obviously, they're kind of going further back than Andy and stuff like that. But how is that stuff? Is there a lot of it? Is there a lot of the seeing Arthur as a dad and stuff? Does that get into some of the things we've seen in the comics?
0: What can you tease from that? How did that work for you? I'll let
2: Connor go on. I'll let Connor cook first, and then I'll say something. Let's just say... With that no spoilers, thinking, because we got someone going to see it a little bit. Let's just say that particular plot line got caught up in the Amber Heard legal drama. Uh, so if you're asking yourself, hey, why does this feel like a single-parent movie? That's why.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there is even a, there's even a little shout-out to single-parenting. There's a little... And we talk about this in the spoilers app. Um, I don't... I think... People expect like big turns and drama in this. No, there's just a lot of this movie is the ultimate sidestep movie. There's so much, so many issues it had to sidestep that everything just feels like a sidestep.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, you you start it, it's awkward. It's supposed to be about Aquaman having this family time, and like Connor said, it's more like Aquaman going through a divorce, which was kind of what was happening off screen. So it's kind of meta weird. And it's like, yeah, it feels more like that. So it's, 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 it's really berserk. Um, You know, I know people have all these big dramatic questions, but we're not going to answer that. Go listen to this podcast. We can get into it uh, about where this does or does not go in the film. But um,
1: also happy birthday to Andrew. Happy birthday,
0: buddy, man. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and yeah. Have a happy birthday and you will be, I don't want to badmouth it too much. It's not the worst DCEU movie of this year, like Connor said. I would still rank Shazam 2 below it. Uh, My rankings were Blue Beetle, Flash, this, Shazam 2 uh, for how I would... I mean, so it's not even the worst DCEU movie this year. So, you know, there is a bunch. I I compare it. I said it before it came out. I think it's very much this is Aquaman, The Dark World. You know what I mean? Like, to (laughs) it. You're not wrong. Yeah. And so Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. Should we, should we move it on? Check out the Aquaman 2 spoilers podcast because we get a lot deeper into all of these issues and specific things we saw in the movie and some of the great memes that are already being generated from this. Because by the end of this movie, Connor and I were just looking at each other were just saying, Dude. I was like, I had to confirm. I was like, did I have a stroke or did that just happen?
2: i I, I like how that clip has exclusively already made its way online
0: yeah and then connor was like yeah that happened i'm out and he just dipped (laughs) he was gone and i was like oh the credits were just beginning to roll uh but um it is dumb fun so go check it out if you want to if if you're looking for a superhero movie this this uh holiday season all right now let's talk about the thing we're all dealing with now uh which is rebel moon ah rebel moon Uh, you know, I was all excited. I committed us to a spoilers podcast on this and said, we are going to jump into this and break down rebel moon. But, um, yeah, rebel moon is now out. And, um, you know, this is, this is a hard one for me because I think everybody it's been well established that I'm the biggest kind of Zack Snyder fan here. Uh, and this was weird Oh, Andrew has one final birthday present just as a callback. Uh, the 3D stuff was filmed, but it's filmed like a 2000s 3D movie. It's not James Cameron, but it's a little weird. It's a little hokey in places, but uh, yeah, enjoy it. Back to Rebel Moon. Um, sorry, we do a live show. If you're listening to this in audio form, join our live show. Things happen, and we have to answer questions, and our fans are out here. So be one of them and join our live show, please. Back to Rebel Moon. Um, yeah, man, there. this thing is... I don't think I've ever had a weirder experience kind of watching a movie. It like, OK, so, you know, full disclosure, I'm, I'm a writing school kid. I, I have an MFA. I study creative writing. I've been in multiple writing workshops. I've been in that whole pretentious world, that whole thing. I don't usually carry that out on my front street, but like I kind of have to win this one because I feel like there is some basic writing school stuff that's wrong with this movie. The first one is, this is like somebody who built an elaborate bar, a beautiful elaborate bar, but forgot to put like freaking hooks on the bar so you could hang your coat and stuff, right? Like those basic accoutrements are just missing. Mm -hmm. There is no hook into this movie. And it is very bizarre. Like it plays out for two hours. It throws a lot at me, a lot of history, a lot of characters, a lot of stuff. But there's not one single moment that like I get hooked into the movie and maybe that's just me. I'm about to find out if there's something wrong with me, but like I I tweeted at one point, I was like, am I supposed to care about this all already? Because it feels like I started this movie when it said press play, but like I'm in the middle of like a movie I turned on TV and I don't fully understand the context of, and I'm like, uh, I'm still trying to figure out why is it going to hook me to care? And I'm like, no, weirdly this whole movie played and i was just like i did not care i didn't hate it but i didn't care Uh, and like i've never been so emotionally detached from a movie in my life it was very strange to me uh yeah it it just feels like snyder and netflix may not be the best combination because just giving unlimited money to somebody who probably does need creative reigning doesn't feel like this is working out we just made something that just feels all product in like no heart no story and it's kind of it's weird so we're gonna have to do this in a lot more detail in a minute <laughs> sorry but like what did you guys think is there anybody who has a counter-opinion because i know connor's about to just rip this apart so why don't
2: you just get that out of the way i'm mad kofi I got a video game stack about yay high that I need to finish. I got presents to wrap. I haven't seen the last season of Barry and I'm behind on the righteous gemstones, but I had to spend two hours watching this last night. I think Zack Snyder should be allowed to be director of photography. He should be allowed to handle action scenes. He should be able to handle choreography and cinematography and costumes even if he wants to, but let this man Never get near a script ever again because Christ on a crouton cracker was I bored with this one and detached. There's not a there's not a character to cling on to. I spent like seven seasons with Jax Teller and Sons of Anarchy. He's in this and I don't care. Christ on a Crouton Cracker. There's, the, 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 we know the story he went to Disney said hey I got a star wars pitch for you and I here's how I imagine that meeting went okay Zach what's your pitch okay you know seven samurai yeah just that it's it's just seven samurai but hey let's cut out the third act and save that for part two. I'm not in, I'm done with the grift on this one. This feels like a grift. He's already hyping up, hey, there's an R-rated Snyder cut version of this one. We broke it into two parts because the story is just so epic that it needs to be told separately. There's no point to this one. It's bl- it's weirdly bloodless. It's trying to be violent and gritty. She's The main actress is cutting through people like a fish with a knife. And there's zero blood to it. It's like those early Wolverine solo movies where, hey, this guy is clawing the absolute hell out of people and there's no blood. And it's very distracting for how violent they're trying to make this one. The lead actress has all the charisma of a sexy plank of wood. We get introduced to all these different characters. Couldn't name any of them. I can tell you what a couple of them did in their specific intro sequences, but there's nothing to them. And I don't care about them when suddenly all the guns start firing at the end. Yeah, this guys, don't, don't bother and don't try to hype up like, oh, here's his real vision when the, the actual one comes out in a year. Because... They could have just made that one. This is Netflix. This isn't being held back by theaters. It didn't have to be PG-13. Zack Snyder had free reign, and instead he deliberately held back with a crappy version so that he can try to push out the real one later. No thank you. I don't think he did it to hurt you. Just just to <laughs> just, to, just to relax, bro. Like relax. Relax, bro. And I'm not into the grift. <laughs> I, I know, bro. You gotta relax. You sound like he didn't do it to hurt oh you, God. man. I, I don't Absolutely. think he did it personally to hurt you. But that, that's time <laughs> I can't get back, Kofi.
1: Also, Christ oh, on a Crouton Cracker is gonna is already taking off in the comments. So that's a, it's gonna be a forever, a forever thing. Um You're not I, sure. so um so i well here's the thing so i agree with part of what connor's saying and you've seen it in the comments too i think one of the things coming into this that also turned me off was the all the talk of a director's cut already all the talk of this it's different it's this personal vision it's all this and i was i was the same because i've been i've been on snyder and me and kofi have had many uh, back and forth right i i've been on that for like hey stop like Doesn't have to be a director's cut, make a two-hour movie. It's okay. It doesn't have to be eight hours to get your ideas across, right? And I've been very much on that. And um, so all that talk going into it and him already plugging stuff before it's even out, that bothered me and that and that turned me off. So then I watch this movie. And I say that to say I freaking love this movie. (laughs) 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 I I I love this movie. Here we go. we go. Everyone can and everyone can look at my tweet. When I, cause I tweeted last night, I was like, I'm an hour in and this rules. All right. I was already in and then I finished it. I stayed up, watched it all in one go because I was going to watch the rest of the morning, you know, because I had to get some sleep. No, no. I had to finish it. And I was just like up for like an extra like half hour because I was just like hype, right? Cause I was like, oh my God, I need part two now. I need, I am, I am all in on this, on this universe. But here's the thing I can't say, cause cause I agree with some of Kofi's points there's there's pockets of like just exposition dump like there's pockets of just here's all the history that happened in this world to get you up to speed as to why you should care about the broader ideas and the broader war and all this stuff. There's, there's several pockets of those. Um, I'm not a fan of like every single casting. There's like one very important character uh, and we'll get to this in spoilers and stuff when we talk later that like, I just don't buy all that aside. And Connor's right about the core idea. Seven Samurai. It it, it's hey, form the team.
2: It is is Star Wars: A New Hope. Every plot beat. It is wearing the skin of A New Hope, but we mixed in some Seven Samurai stuff, and it's awesome. That's it. (laughs) Well, well, the
1: core idea is just forming a team. We talk about this in comics all the time. I don't know how many times this was
0: originally going to be a Seven Samurai Jedi movie that Snyder was going to do. That was what it was, and because. We were some of the first people who broke that story at the time. And then it kind of morphed and rumored that it it was, they maybe wanted it to be a Seven Samurai movie, but like kind of built around a story of Yoda kind of earning his stripes and and kind of getting his like perspective on how, you know, messed up things can get and and all of that and getting wiser because of it. And I don't think that was like what Snyder didn't want to get into the box of the franchise stuff. And then that never worked out. And you
1: can tell. Yeah, From, like the, the, that shell is there. And for me, we've said this many a time when we talk about like new books, building the team or whatever. Those arcs have been done to death, but there's a reason they work. And there's a reason that people keep doing them is because in when in some cases and a lot of cases they're effective. I for me, this was effective. I couldn't name you every single character. You're absolutely right. But the core group of people that we meet along the way as part of this team i liked every single one of them i even like the robot uh freaking uh oh my god what's his i always want to anthony hopkins up. yeah um i'm blanking on his actual name though uh it's like i don't something. know any names
0: yeah I forget jimmy robot.
1: yeah jimmy so uh i i love him and i love and we'll get into other stuff later i was bummed that like he's not in it more because those, scenes, hey, yeah, wait, wait, wait. You're getting really
0: spoilery. Let's that's not spoilery. I
1: just said I'm avoiding the spoilers, but I wish he was in it more. That's not a giant spoiler. I just wish he was in it more because I think some of the coolest stuff is 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 with him in it and some of the ideas that sets up. I I really I really dug this. I liked the fight scenes. They were fantastic. I bought in. Like I was like completely. I I have issues with it but i but i leaving it i go i want to see part two and i'll probably watch that stupid director's cut
0: (laughs) well we got a whole spoilers episode that i want to get into where i want to get into more about kind of where i believe some of the issues lie in this but we have a whole spoilers episode to do and for people to listen to we can break this down in more detail uh I, i'm just kind of happy that uh we have a variation in opinion here matt you are my rebel moon you've decided to step out and just say no you shall now pass i enjoyed this and uh that's good man that's good all right so check out our full kind of uh, rebel moon review which apparently they say i have to write and as soon as i get out of filming this i don't, I don't really remember <laughs> that but sure i'll write it but um uh besides that i have a, we're gonna also record a rebel moon spoilers discussion And uh, check out all of that on comicbook.com. Before we kind of take a break, let's take a quick look at the news. There was one story and one story only this week that we should probably talk about. And uh, we almost got to you on Monday about that, but we got (laughs) squeaked out by another podcast who got in there right at the uh, last minute. We had our plot all together. We had our team together and uh, they hopped on and got it. So now's our little chance to kind of talk about Matt, I think I marked you down for this, but you just said some crazy stuff. So I'm going to take this one because you just said a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, So Jonathan Majors was convicted of multiple accounts of his kind of harassment and assault charges. Not convicted of others, but convicted enough. And in the court of public opinion, not doing well at all and uh, has basically seen his career kind of fall apart uh, like over the last week which means including you know <laughs> always ready at the pounce was disney marvel as soon as the conviction came down i think they were out of that courtroom like stringer bell and were like all oh, right you know put in the call to bob and you know that happened so it's been a couple days and we don't have any firm answers about what we're going to do about it but uh I just wanted to get a quick kind of temperature of the room because I'm sure we're going to be doing some kind of speculative stuff when we get into the new year about Marvel and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, where do you guys want this to go? Because we did a whole episode about, I mean, go check that out on the past feed of Comic Book Nation. We did a whole breakdown of should Marvel recast Jonathan Majors? Because I don't think any of us were fooled, right? Like as soon as this started, we were like, "Uh uh-huh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's up? Shut up. He's out of here. Um, so where do you guys feel things should go now? Uh, Connor, what are you, what are you feeling? You, you, you've held a lot in for a lot of minutes there. Uh, so do you, what do you think we should do to kind of deal with this Kang situation?
2: You know, I pitched it a couple of weeks ago. The way Loki season two ends is a way to explain why we never see Kang again. So in terms of them covering themselves on the sudden shift, I don't think you really have to do anything. Where you go next is, I think, go with, you know, go with the current on this one. What's the who's the one name that keeps getting brought up when people ask, hey, who should the next big bad be? And it's Doom. And all it takes is an introduction in Fantastic Four. And then you've got them for Avengers five. There was nothing they've already changed. The writers on that one they already changed the title of it which was really the only thing that was directly connecting kang to an avengers movie go with doom you know we it only took loki one movie to be established and then he's the big bad and event in the og avengers so all you gotta do here okay what about you Maddie? you know a lot about marvel
0: what should they be doing um I mean, look, I'm with I'm with Connor. I I want this to be
1: done. I, I feel like your your expediency is better here. So the quicker you can get out of this and into something else serves your long term planning. Only problem is, of course, that there are some movies that are like halfway in the can, and if they had any kind of involvement with you know Cap, especially like if they had any kind of Kang involvement, like you've got to redo that, obviously. But I mean. If it helps you get out of it quicker, I feel like you, you should recast. Like you should have done before. I felt like you should have recast this before. I felt like you should have recast this, you know, forever ago. Frankly, I thought you should have never gone with Kang in the first place. But that's uh, here nor there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was always the never going to
0: let this go. Never no, I won't. No, go. I won't. It was uh, dumb. you're always indicated you I mean, Kang
1: after Thanos.
0: People anyway, had blood had to be drawn, but you were vindicated in, in your opinion. Yes.
1: <laughs> so, so my, my thing is though, the sooner you can get out of it, the better, if you need to recast because of commitments you've already done and things, go ahead and do that. Time will, you know, forgive that everyone will know why it's not like you're just doing it. Everyone knows the real life parameters of that. Right. And it can be fine. Uh If you can, I think doom is. Some people will say safe, but safe is good here. I think that's that's what you need. You need stability. You need a character that can handle that kind of weight. And Doom is that character. And if you've already got the Fantastic Four coming in, which you've already said you do, and you've announced things, that makes all the sense in the world. Especially if you're going to do Secret Wars and all that stuff. Like, just, you know, all the reports have said that Marvel has an issue with like making last minute changes to scripts and doing all that stuff on the fly. Why can't you do it this time? Like Mm. just make that happen and move out of this story. Because I think on a broader sense, that story is not working. Kang's story, even without all the stuff with Jonathan Majors, if you just take the Kang story and like some of the, that's not working. People are, it's not resonating with people. So remove it (laughs) move and move into something else and so yeah faster the better
2: i mean if they're well, gonna retest, there's always you know terrence howard could finally make his long-awaited return and you know wouldn't like, that be amazing just let him oh, do it wouldn't that be something, uh, well, though? yeah it'd be, something.
0: It would. it'd be crazy uh i wrote the article and i stand by it because i wrote it back when this was all happening and i knew they were going to fire jonathan majors when the Pedro Pascal rumors started when they were casting Reed Richards. I don't care who ends up as Reed Richards. I think that one thing the MCU has lacked in years is real shock. Like any kind of surprise, shock, awe. That's what comic books are. Like you're supposed to get to the end of an issue and be like, (gasps) like, you know, and have that. Wow. I think that Fantastic Four should end. Cause I think Fantastic Four should be a story about how, I think the core of that story is, how this mega genius is different because he's grounded by these actual connections, which is not supposed to be anything like a mega genius, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it should be kind of highlighting why this Reed is different and personable and loves his family and has these connections and why they're more important to him than an entire universe. He should be like the anti-Rick Sanchez, right? Um, And that whole movie should really make you feel that. And why family connections are important. But I think the shocking ending should be that there's a whole bunch of other versions of this guy out here who never got there. And I think it should just be Jonathan Majors drag him in for one last scene where he's making all the schemes and they just get annihilated. You know, just wiped out by the Council of Reeds. And it's just like, oh, well, now we've got a hand on the wheel. Everything's going to be great. And, like, that would be a shock to everybody to just be like, whoa, like, what happens now? and it's more complicated right because it's not like an arch bad guy and from like something like that the council of reeds you've got everything else they know everything about doom and galactus and anything else you want to talk about the negative zone like all of that is in that stew already i'm in and then you can kind of go backwards and then the maker at the head of it all just kind of mm-hmm. make it a simplified merge thing. The maker is the head of this council. Of Any chance to get the maker in more is good. Yeah, I, I because yeah, whoever they get to play Reed, I want you got to have a Reed and a maker. Like if you don't do that, then I'm just done. Like I'm going to be done. I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, So like, yeah, I think you can shock people by doing that. They having a great Fantastic forward movie and then having this kind of twist at the end of it. And it just come kind of completely changes. And then you still have the framework for anything you want to do. Now it's just you cross out Kang and put like the re dynasty or something that's like not, that. Oh, man, that would. Oh, my God. It's the logo, by yeah. the way.
1: Like if you like if you go that like meta and hardcore with it and do that, um, that's that's not a bad idea. Also, Damon, just as a note, I saw the, the comment and you are correct. They couldn't just recast things earlier because you no. do have to let the court system settle it first. You are absolutely correct on no.
2: that. So, did did the Pedro Pascal read Richards rumor, did that die on the vine, or is that still a thing?
0: People are yelling at me online saying it's not real, but, I mean, who knows? I, we Last we heard is he was in talks. Talks are always talks. You never know. I, I don't <laughs> think it matters who it is. Like, I think they're going to cast the right person to take on that role. It's just what you do with Reed, whoever it turns out to be um but that's just me so and i said i already wrote all that out so that's why i'm standing by it but i think it does a lot of things for you while allowing you to kind of like still keep the basic framework of what happens next because then that makes it more interesting when it's like doom who steps up to become god doom and like it's doom this evil person who kind of like takes on Reed Richards and, you know, then you get a little bit more of this tension between him and Sue. And like, there's a lot of things you could do, but well, hey, you I'm also just, get
1: the Thanos thing, right. Of like, uh, you know, he has a point on one very extreme end of it because yeah. he's all, he sees this person overrunning everything, but he's just handling it in the
0: absolute worst
1: way,
2: which yeah. is what yeah.
1: made Thanos so part of what made Thanos so compelling. So good idea.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. We're going to find out Marvel's going to let us know. I'm sure sooner before later, because they got a lot of PR to do in 2024. Uh, Let's take a break. And when we come back, we got to talk about some other big things that are happening in the gaming world. Plus, some big things that are happening right here at comicbook.com. And we're going to talk about what's going on on the small screen, comics, and everything else we do for geek culture. So stick with us, please. We'll be right back. Muted. <laughs> uh, yeah. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation. Yes, it is. Welcome back to Comic Book Nation, <laughs> the only show that doesn't offer geek culture and the official podcast hub of comicbook.com. If you are just joining us, we talked about Aquaman 2. We had some very interesting things to say, debates about Rebel Moon. And we talked about what Marvel should do after losing Jonathan Major, firing Jonathan Majors. They didn't lose him. All right. So now let's get into some other geek culture stuff that's going on. Matt, there is some, uh, we got to do another RIP. It's not just the yeah. DCEU this week we say goodbye to. Yeah, since 1995,
1: the like go-to event of gaming was E3. And now the ESA has officially announced, even though many kind of saw this coming for probably the past you know year or two, but it's been finally put to rest. E3 will no longer be held. It is officially done. Uh, you know, the E3 was really... Yeah, I remember, and, and me and Kofi have talked about this before. Like, I remember, you know, being in the break room at whatever job I was in, and, like, you tuned in to Microsoft's press conference. You tuned in to Sony's. You tuned in to Nintendo's at E3, because those were the places you heard of the next year of games and the biggest shocks and reveals and some of those kind of classic gaming moments all held there. Uh, and so since 1995, it's, it's morphed and become this kind of giant thing. And then the pandemic happened. And it never bounced back. It, it always, you know, they, they struggled to kind of in its place, you know, people, the companies really started doing kind of the digital thing of, hey, we're going to have our own little conference that streams. It's going to be about three games and we're going to go 20 minutes. Mm. And it was direct to fans. And, and that's kind of taken precedence to the point where everyone does that now. And there's multiple presentations throughout the year. And E3 then kind of tried to pivot, become a fan mm. event. And so and, and that didn't really work. So it's just been a hard go uh, since the pandemic ended and finally it's done. So it, it's really a thing that I'm I'm personally a little bummed about. I never had the chance to go, always wanted to, never had the chance to attend in person. And, uh, you know, you hear all the stories and stuff. And so it's just a little bit of a bummer, but it's also understandable uh, that, you know, it's just it's not a thing that's going to be done anymore. So R.I.P.
0: to, uh, to E3. R.I.P. E3, we'll pour one out for you. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing this for so long, and I remember how big an event that was. Uh, I remember working with the uh, Game Rant creators of GameRant.com, Rob Keys and Ben Kendrick and my old Screen Rant buddies, and how psyched we would be like every year, hyped about each day of presentation, the coverage. We were like just being on top of everything that was dropped, screenshot, like all the announcements it was a big event and it was fun and it brought like everybody from like casual gamers to like just hardcore gamers together for like a brief couple of days there right. before everybody splittered off again. And I never got to go weirdly in this whole like approaching 20 year career. I've only gone to several conventions. I've never gone to star Wars or E3 or any of that, but I, I mean, it, we always sent people to, and we came back with like just crazy stories, fun behind the scenes developers are wild like good time gaming people are rock stars and yeah it's going to be a thing that happened that like you know we're going to meet that's going to be one of those things in history you point to and you're like now an old person trying to tell some young gamers (laughs) like you don't remember today he's with e3 but i mean it's followed most of the entertainment industry throughout the pandemic And we'll see, maybe it'll have a resurgence because we are in this weird now kind of like pullback where we're like, ooh, maybe those pandemic ideas weren't the best ideas. We were all stressed and like, yeah, flooding the market with streaming, not the best idea. Like, you know, ripping things out of theaters, not the best idea. Like, so we're kind of coming back. So we'll see what happens because yeah, everybody broke off and started doing their own conventions during the pandemic and saying, oh, we have enough for our own little universe. In some cases, they're right, but in some cases, y'all are dead wrong. So, like, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, it was a it was a bucket list thing for me. Never got to do it, unfortunately. But uh, I kind of saw the writing on the wall in this as far back as 2019 when people like Nintendo started pulling out. Right. And then things like Nintendo Direct and PlayStation State of Play started becoming a regular occurrence. It's like, there's not a need for E3. We have Summer Games Fests, and we have the Game Awards, so there are still, like, big communal events. But... It's never going to be like it was in those midi- middle 2010s when it was four straight days of news, a crap right. ton of trailers, and you knew what the next calendar year of gaming looked like. Yeah, And uh, I feel like we need that. So I hope something winds up replacing this.
0: And everybody just repping for their day. It was it was great. It was great that it was organized by days and having everybody kind of like wave the flag for their console every day. It was fun because it was like we could have fun with those kinds of things. But Agreed. Uh, let's not go too, too much down the E3 thing. We got our own stuff to promote. From the ashes of E3 rise other communal events like the comicbook.com golden issue awards. So let's talk about our Golden Issue Awards. Matty, uh, you want to take us through this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so you can check out comicbook.com for all
1: of the uh, awards from a variety of categories. And even some uh, additional ones are dropping later today, uh, primarily for the wrestling side of things. So keep your eyes glued there. Uh, but we just wanted to highlight some things because obviously, you know, uh, some of these get are fun. They're, they're fun debates uh, within the Slack channels and the office. They always get people... Uh, hyped up for their side for uh, best movie uh Barbie uh, took the took the crown there and it, I, I feel like that was it was going to be between Barbie and Oppenheimer <laughs> and I felt like Barbie was always gonna kind of edge things out I I adored this movie so uh this was this was a big win and then for best comic book movie Guardians of the Galaxy volume three uh, which I know Connor is a, is a huge fan of, and and this one a lot of people over in the in the office. So uh, big win there, and also we got some you know got some love from James Gunn even on that. So that's a cool moment for 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 CB. Uh, Thank you, James,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, for moving in the TV, uh, this one, The Last of Us, won best show, uh, best television show. Uh, we have ours obviously split into because there are so many. We have it split into comic book TV show and regular show, but this obviously. This was a huge landmark moment for gaming uh, as well, because this really Last of Us is one of the and, and Kofi now says this as a as a <laughs> huge fan of the franchise now. Uh, but this is one of those seminal stories in gaming. So it was amazing to see it translated to screen uh, and for comic show. And I know Janelle would love this Loki won best comic book TV show. Uh, this the season two will you know likely for all intents and purposes be the final season in this show and it came in swinging and swung for the fences and had a killer finale so uh glad to see it get some awards there uh gaming kofi do you want to take this one because i know you've become a uh a no, huge fan. I,
0: no i have but uh this i think means much more i mean so much more to connor casey let's who's do it, expressed connor. it many, multiple times so let's let him cook.
2: Man, you know, it's like it's like being a proud parent, seeing your child go off and do wonderful things. Because I am no longer with comic book directly, but I have seen these awards come in, and I basically have no arguments with any of them, especially once we get to the wrestling side of things. But as far as this goes, it didn't seem possible to try and build off Breath of the Wild and put up another seminal Zelda installment. Breath of the Wild made me a Zelda fan. I didn't think you could you could build on top of that. They said, "Well, we're not just going to build on top of that. We're going to have depths underneath it that we didn't put in any of the trailers." And it's the thing everybody's still talking about. This was such a crazy overhaul of one of the one of my f- top five favorite games to where the fusion concepts, all of the things that people are still building out there in the community the story is great. The The scenery is still breathtaking. Shooting your way up into the sky and just seeing for miles across this massive map. It's a feeling that so few other games ever even scratch the surface of. So I'm thrilled that this is getting recognized. I know it didn't win Game of the Year over the Game of the Awards, and I know that there's been some really great other contenders this year with stuff like Baldur's Gate. But man, I'm glad this thing is getting its roses, and I'm glad that in the in, i have a feeling that in the future we will talk about the zelda franchise people will always talk about ocarina time they'll talk about majora's right. they'll talk about link to the past i want these two games breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom to be its own conversation in the man we really had it great
0: yeah and there you go that was uh zelda tears of the kingdom in case everybody listening was confused what we're doing here that is our game of the year yeah, uh, and you guys want to really quickly run us through a couple of wrestling picks? I think. Yeah, and
1: just to, to answer, um, Brightwood, uh, and I've seen a couple of comments. Uh, we do have an animated best animated award as well. So Spider Verse uh, and Superman were both were both represented uh, in that as well. It's just split into three different categories for us. So yeah, yeah, yeah you, we got you. No I was way. about to say
0: that too. Yeah, we got you covered. No, we we're not crazy. <laughs> we just we're just like the Oscars. We 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 put people in the categories. People like steered their favorites into the categories they thought they would win in. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no so, way
1: the like, universe yeah. was gonna get ignored. Like it was. Yeah, just- yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We're not nuts. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, there's so a lot of us wrestling.
1: here. We have obviously a number of categories that will actually be announced later today uh, on the site, but we already have best male and best female wrestler. Uh, Connor, you want to take uh, best male because I know um, you know you're a big fan.
2: Best male is AEW's own Orange Cassidy. This man decided to put the entire company on his back this year by establishing himself as the workhorse champion, as the AEW international champion. This guy took was running alongside champions like MJF, like Seth Rollins and like Roman Reigns and was putting them all to shame with great matches week after week after week to the point where he was basically a broken man by the first time he got to fight John Moxley. And then he gets his rematch with him and he wins that one. It was a great year long story that was told, had a couple of hiccups because of some regrettable injuries, but, just an awesome moment and i was so glad that this one worked out because by july i had said if orange cassidy is not in our top five for golden issues something has gone horribly wrong and matt has told me about the extensive (laughs) voting process that went into this one the tribal chief and all of his six matches were not recognized and i applaud you for that sir
1: that was true that was a hot debate i i even told uh the slack like when that Slack conversation was happening, I was like, we should just publish this as an <laughs> article. <laughs> people need to see this like happening in real time. Uh, and for best female wrestler, uh, it was probably a shock to no one. This has been the year of mommy. This has been the year of Rhea Ripley. Uh, it's right. just, there's just no debate. There were some amazing people in this category and any other year, any of them could have won. But this year, Between Judgment Day, her own title run, just her as a persona and character across both brands. Rhea, it's been Rhea's year. And so I just think like this is the year she's always been a star, but this is the year she really kind of ascended into that upper echelon of superstar that, you know, will just be in the title mix like from now on or around it at some point. She's just going to be a power player. I mean, You know, the the Haman sequence alone with her and just like I am the leader and and being able to not just say like I'm on par with Roman, but to like you actually be convinced of that. Like, it, it, was, it was that kind of year for her. So, congrats. Uh, we got some big award winners coming up later. But, uh, but, yeah, stay tuned. And also, I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We have multiple categories in each of these. We haven't even touched on uh, half of the gaming side. Anime has a string of amazing award winners. Uh, there's a lot going on. So, definitely check out the site. But that's uh, Golden Issues, man.
0: And if you missed out this week, like I said, you got to subscribe to Comic Book Nation on the poll list. Me and Matt broke down the comic book winners. Were they the series writers and artists that you think? Check that out, that episode of Comic Book Nation, and uh, see for yourself. And to answer our fan in the comments right now, James Herrera, you can watch Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon on Netflix now. So that's where or you can you check can, that out.
2: Or you cannot and be happy about it.
0: Connor, chill out, chill out. No! Let do it. No, this man, yeah. Let everybody have their thing. Let everybody have their way. Watch Rebel Moon. All right, so. Before we get out of here, let's talk about the small screen. Uh, as we said, you got to check out Riptide Radio. That is the biggest thing in TV this week was the launch of Percy Jackson and the Olympians on Disney+. Plus. I'm not even going to get into it because I did not even watch it yet, but uh, we had a whole team of people on it. Disney tried to drop it early, screwed up all our plans, but our squad is elite, and so we stopped, dropped, and rolled. Producer Peter, who's on the boards right now, Liam Crowley, uh, everybody came together and really just hammered out an awesome episode of Riptide Radio where you guys can check that out on your favorite podcast platforms on Apple and all that and on the Comic Book Nation YouTube page. So if you're a Percy Jackson fan, all my demigods and half-bloods out there, go check that out because, I think—I mean, Liam's serious business. This kid has been in the Percy Jackson business since the series was announced, and I think it is going to be the after show for this series, and uh, check that out. Uh what if is out today? Is that happening today? Is what if out? Yeah, it's out. Oh man. Oh, go I mean, I guess that other Marvel show is like uh our other show was probably on top of that. But uh go check that out as well, I guess. So, what if is out. Awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Did you want to hit right. South Park? Yeah, no, I want to talk about South Park uh-huh. because I was more interested in that. So, South Park has a new special out on our parent company P+. Uh, and woof, you know, South Park has been like, they've done these kind of seasons, but they're really these specials. They're just allowed to kind of go nuts with them. And they really quite literally went nuts with this one. Uh, it's called South Park, not suitable for children. And it is, I was going to Texas, but I didn't feel like sometimes our slack. I feel like I could say an opinion and get eaten alive. Like I jumped into a thing of piranha. So I don't. But I was going to say, it is so extreme what they do with this one. It is so extreme what they do with this one. But it's also kind of brilliant. Like, I got it. Like, I got, like, the humor of this. And that's what South Park does well. It's very crass. It's in your face. It's very, like, over the top. But it's making a good point. And I just think, like, after this episode, the entire culture of influencers, only fanners, like, all of that, it just... When you see it like this as a cartoon, it's in a weird way, it just makes it even more silly that it's real life, right? Like, this is what people are doing behind cameras. I was thinking about that on Instagram the other day. Just, like, how many people are just sitting around craning their hands around their asses in the world all day trying to, like, figure out how to be on Instagram and, like, if you were an alien and just flew down to this planet and were looking at us, would you be like, what is happening? And just like turn around and look like... at these people have tripods out in the middle yeah, of in the middle of the game. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's just like, and it was, it was a really it it did, as Damon's saying in the comments, this reminded me why I like South Park in a weird way. Because it was just like, because I had no idea what I was getting into. I was like, what is this going to be like? And like 10 minutes in, I was just texting Jim Viscardi, like, oh, my God, because he had warned me. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. what is happening? But by the end, I was just like, and everything with the cred drink and like all of that, like, oh, man. Uh, They get a lot of crap in modern times, but this was a this was actually a good just because it wasn't punching down on, on anybody, it was just a universal takedown of the craziness of our of all of our culture. The thing we're all in equally together, kind of taking down how silly it is. And and sure. they did a good job, in my opinion, man.
2: I feel like, and Matt, maybe you can speak to this. I feel like they could have dived deeper into Logan Paul because they, oh they, yeah, they certainly they they put a lot of the focus on him, but it's like they only focus on his ver- the prime drink, which yeah. they call Cred, which is actually pretty funny when Cartman keeps saying it over and over. It's really <laughs> good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like God, there's so much with just him that you could have dived into. Instead, you just kept that surface level, and I was like, yeah, it's a-, a whole special on his own. But the whole. Like by far the funniest thing is just Craig just absolutely shutting down his stepmom at every turn. Like that's the part that consistently made me laugh. Yeah. I'm with I'm with
1: Kofi. This reminded me of why I used to I used to be a just diehard South Park fan early on, especially those like first five seasons or so. Um and then I kind of fell off, but but you know, the show always kind of gets me back in with things like this and i and i watch it and i just laugh and i remind like oh yeah this is why i loved it like this was this is what it's at its best you know um so yeah no i you should watch this if you especially if you're like me and kind of a lapsed fan this will this will bring back some of those you know memories and stuff this is great
0: yeah randy marsh is one of my top 50 all-time tv characters like I, I I love Randy Marsh, um, but yeah, it was it was. I was not expecting this this week. Uh, definitely don't watch it with the young. I mean, it's called not no. suitable for children, and they make a lot of <laughs> jokes about it in the show. And this one definitely is not. So don't let your kids watch this. But uh, have an adult uh, just have a good time about we are we are we are not serious people, as Brian Cox would say in Succession, is what <laughs> this reminded us. Um, you guys, I am really loving Reacher. So oh I, I'm just gonna He's put good. that out there. Still, I am really loving Reacher this season. I mean, this show is just... I can't believe Medusa... I hadn't been... I'd only watched the first episode, but now that Medusa's in it from Inhumans, good for her. I forgot. Oh, she was name, in the, the first episode. Name. Oh, was she? Yeah, but only I in the flashbacks. Remember. Oh, that's right. She was only in the flashbacks, yeah. but I'm, as she's actively come into the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm just so happy for her to shake off that Marvel in that wig. <laughs> she's a yeah, very I'm beautiful sure. actress. She's great. She's funny in this, and like yeah, it's great to see Reacher with, like, his crew. They're a good balancing act yeah. for him and kind of keeping him honest. I haven't watched this latest episode this week. I've seen the first three. I'm just saying that because I'm excited. Like, Reacher is now appointment TV. And, yeah, I'm also just really happy for Alan Richardson, who's just, like, so great in that role. And
1: I'm, Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I think it's, it's awesome seeing it get its flowers because we both loved season one. And like season one was fantastic. I I ad- I adored that season. And a lot of people did. Like it was popular. Obviously, they greenlit it for season two, but it still felt like it was under the radar. Like not a lot of people were talking about it, even when it was started being advertised for season two. And now you're seeing like, you know, it's like one of the most viewed, if not the most viewed TV show on Prime Video. It's all the like it's awesome to see the the audience really there with it and take off. And it, it's well well-earned like Richardson. This is, this is a role that like, you know, you can see this going for five seasons, six seasons, right? Like I hope it does like uh, it there's, there's obviously books. So, um, and they're already talking about season three. So I'm very excited.
0: Yeah. And it doesn't co- I mean, it's, it's, it's a mine. It's one of the, it's a show where all you need is to pay is the main star and a couple supporting actors. Like the girl Neely is the only other person you really probably have to pay. And you can reset the premise, and you can adjust the budget. We've seen them do it in a COVID budget, like in restrictions. We've seen this yeah. more expansive season. So you can make it small. You can make it large. You can kind of go back and forth. And, like, it's got to be cost effective. So Yeah, Black Panther, like also,
1: Aquaman, and Zatanna from Smallville. That's right. She
0: was amazing yeah. as Zatanna. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. Forgotten about that <laughs> connection. Um, But um, also, what was I? Oh, man, I had a whole... Uh, no, it's dying in my brain. It's dying in my brain. I can't figure it out. I can't remember what I was going to say. But I had a I had a good point about it. But um, anyway, Reacher is good. Uh, what are we looking at here? Monarch? Yes, Monarch's still on TV. I'm not as hyped about Monarch, though. I mean, it's okay. But eh. Hopefully we see a little bit more Godzilla. But uh, Monarch's still a thing. It's on Apple TV. But um, yeah, no, Reacher's great. Oh, I think Reacher's a big hit with, I think it's quietly bubbling with that Yellowstone crowd, right? The it, Yellowstone crowd
2: show. People the dads. Yeah,
0: dad. yeah. Yellowstone crowd, dad, and like everybody living out with like more than three acres of land to their place probably loves Reacher as well. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things. It's the demographic it hits. So it's just it's just what it is. But it's a good show. So check that out on Prime Video. Uh Matt, you had one more thing you wanted to pop off on, so please go for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh for for me, uh, you know, I'm always kind of looking for I, I've been trying to kind of find that. Uh free-to-play experience that I can just jump into for a little bit and jump out because my gaming time has just been uh, very short. <laughs> I have very, like, kind of small pockets, yeah, uh, this year. And uh, Disney Speedstorm uh, kind of went into early access earlier and I always thought about kind of dabbling and never did. And then finally it went free-to-play uh, just about, I think, a month and a half, two months ago. And uh, it's across all the platforms, uh, so, you know, Nintendo Switch, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, PC. And I finally was like, okay, it's free to play. I'm going I'm to jump in. It was essentially, it was kind of like, okay, it's Mario Kart with Disney characters, right? Like, I'm I'm good with that. That sounds fun. And I would watched some of the trailers and stuff in gameplay. And then I have put an absurd amount of hours. Like, even in the very small time I have, I only really play this game. <laughs> so, like, if I have half an hour, I go and I play this game. And it's perfect for that. It's like, it's fit that, parent lifestyle brilliantly it's like uh i can go in do a couple races feel like i i earned some items you know raised up some levels on characters maybe opened a new track or whatever maybe gained a new racer and then i'm out and i can go and i feel like uh, it was it was satisfying it was fun and i don't have to sit there for two hours to feel like i made any kind of progress and the graphics the graphics are great. I mean, they, they really kind of went with the whole like Disney cartoon aspect, right? It's It's got this like kind of pseudo Fortnite, you know, animated style uh, for all the characters. So even like the live action ones, like Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff, all look kind of have that same style, but it works brilliantly. Uh, and the seasons, they have, just from the free-to-play spot, there's a mode, like you can actually go through like multiplayer and stuff and single player and you have only a few racers. But what's brilliant is, they made, I discovered this game with Ember and I wanted to play something Disney so that she could play, right? And so we've been playing this together and like you can turn up the settings of like auto steer and like uh, the auto accelerate. So you don't have to press the thing. And I just let her run wild. She gets on the race and she just goes and it's automatically moving for her. So she's jumping and doing all this stuff and she's having so much fun. And then I go in after and complete all the races and turn that off, but there's a whole mode That is just like local, so you don't earn anything from it, but it has every single racer in the game unlocked, So you can actually test out every single one, play as many times as you want, and you don't earn anything, but maybe you go back and buy that particular character because you can a lot of times. So it just lets you play. And I let her sit there for like an hour and we just played with all the different characters. So it doesn't have that kind of typical... You know, you can't do that because you got to pay for it thing that a lot of free to play stuff has. There's still currencies and you still unlock people. But I already have like 12 racers, 13 racers unlocked. And I've spent just that little pocket of time every week with it. And it's it's so fun. The, The driving itself feels smooth. The drifting's fun. It's it just feels like it handles really well. So if you are looking for that kind of Mario Kart esque racer, and you're and you don't have Mario Kart because you don't have a Switch, <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Uh, and I and I think it's it's free, so download it, go try it out, see if you dig it. But if you're a Disney fan, I, I just think it's 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 really great. I think they did a, a knockout job with it, so uh, couldn't recommend that more. I'm playing on PS5. If anyone else is playing, you know, hey, hit me up because I actually want to play. Uh, but uh, super fun, so that's me.
0: All right, uh, before we get out of here, there's one last R.I.P. we got to do. Marvel's <laughs> announced uh. the end of or the relaunch of X-Men next year, and uh, it caused not a small amount of controversy online. People have been freaking out about what's coming next for the X-Men comic line. The end of the Krakoa era is approaching, and uh, it sparked an interesting debate. Uh, like I said, our our own Slack channel here at Comic Book can be like a pool of piranhas. Apparently, we've been on an outlier planet, our own rebel moon on this show. By, oh, I noticed uh, that,
1: by the way. I know uh, exactly what
0: you're Hyping, hyping how much we've enjoyed a lot of this Krakoa era. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I stand by it. I think I tweeted this out. We launched this show. We are on season five. We started this in 2019. And the episodes of us just covering House of X and Powers of Ten or Powers of X was so much fun. It is probably the most fun I've ever had. Just in a comic event. It was so rich and just sparked so many theories, just us trying to process and put everything together every week. It was so much fun. Now, granted, like when the plans changed and Jonathan Hickman left, yeah, there was a mix of like some really good ideas. Mm -hmm. Like some of those X-Men books may have won some major awards for us this year in the golden issues. Um, But like Immortal X-Men, X-Men Red, like stuff like that. There was a lot of fun stuff. There was some stuff that didn't work. Like the original Marauders run was fantastic. so good, yeah, so good, and like there was just a lot that we enjoyed about this, and and you know, whatever comes next, there are things, and we've written multiple articles about this. We've said here's stuff from Krakoa we'd love to see in movies and like and ideas. If nothing else, Hickman made the X Men unique. For once, the X Men are not just some easily replaceable things with like. In humans or Eternals or things right. They're not just community of super people It's like the things they did With making mutant powers work together In, in circuits and, and combining them And doing all that in the timelines Like there was interesting things that were set in motion here And I keep, and I hope they keep the fertile Ground yeah. there um, I like that the overarching thing Is you know mutants, men, machines There's a war Yeah, I'm Trying to get that future and avoid that That's a good Terminator-esque thing To kind of focus on why the x-men can be focused on larger things than just the rest of the marvel universe right um they're playing a game against extinction so there's a lot of stuff in there i even liked orcus and how that's kind of come about and, and as a villain and so a lot of interesting things i hope we don't lose it all but uh you know here's to you guys it was a lot of fun yeah i see some revisionist history show. some
1: yeah i call bs on some things of some <laughs> some backlash i've seen on the Kakoa era, like. I there are so many there's way more good than bad and next swords was fantastic delightful yes I'm a fan of of other runs and things like that as well and so I'm not saying it's you know the my favorite all time I don't know actually I haven't thought about that at all so I would have to think about it but like the some of the ideas here I want to see continue marauders I will put up as an all-time classic run that was fantastic uh and we wouldn't have had that without uh house and, and x so uh i love this era i hope we still have things i'm excited to see what comes next but honestly i'm a little bummed i could have seen this gone on for another year i'm really bummed that we didn't stick in certain aspects of it longer and i hope we just don't get back to status quo from before this because newsflash everyone was calling for something different at the time because that was boring as hell so don't rewrite history
0: (laughs) yeah oh hellions oh man i'm getting some memories damon brought up hellions that was a great run hellions was a great book um, yeah, there was so many fun. Oh, what was that? Uh, with the four girls, what was the name of that? Movie? Oh, uh, exterminators Execution. exterminators. Oh my God. Yeah, I wanted so much more like that. That was so good. Yeah, there was so- Inferno Inferno. was good. Yeah,
1: like there was a lot of really good stuff. The Hellfire Galas were always interesting. Oh yeah,
0: Hellfire Galas, those were mainstream events. When has X-Men been that relevant? I love the Sins of Sinister timeline and all of that. that Like that was fun. Like, yeah, there was- Cable,
1: yeah. Like there was some really, if you look across the board, I just think you're selling it short if you're only like, hey, if it didn't have an X in the title, then it wasn't. (laughs) It's like, nah, nah, bro. Yeah.
0: I, my, I'm. I, I mean, I'm clear. I think House of X and Powers of Ten as crossover events. Whereas my favorite X Men ever, right under Age of Apocalypse, which still reigns as supreme because yeah. you know nostalgia. But um, you know, RP, But my point is, it was a lot of fun discussing that with you guys, and uh, they can't take away those memories. So go ahead and there try. <laughs> go ahead and try to inception me. I'm like Cobb cob trained up here. All right. That has been Comic Book Nation, our regular live show, our nice hodgepodge base camp of everything geek culture that we cover. As we told you at the start, Cotter's yawning; He's ready for bed. Uh, as we told you at the start, though, this show has a lot of spinoffs. So be sure to listen to our Percy Jackson after show. Be sure to listen to the poll list. Be sure to listen to our Aquaman 2 spoilers discussion. And we got to get out of here and record the Rebel Moon spoilers discussion, which is getting more interesting now that I've heard everybody's takes. So can't wait to do that. We are Comic Book Nation. Everybody have Merry Christmas. Yes. Happy all-around holidays. Safe new year. And we hope this has been a weird year. No doubt. It has been a very weird year. It has been all the good, bad, and ugly of life crammed into one place. But one thing I gotta say is we did something this year with this show where with you guys' help to just blow the show wide open. Prove that, like, hey, we are out here. We are kind of now competing and being comic book's number one show. You know, we got to compete. We, we might lose his spot, top spot here and there, but we're coming back. And uh, we just showed, like, how much we can do with this show, how many kind of different things we can cover, how much interest you guys have in it. And more than anything that has helped us survive five seasons, that we have a dedicated and growing fan base at all times. It just ticks upward. And you guys stick around and you listen to stuff. And even our bosses, bosses, just look at that and they go, and we're still here. And uh, that's been the best Christmas present to all of us. So thank you guys and have wonderful holidays. I mean that. I want everybody happy. You know, life is still life, but uh, take a few days and just, I hope everybody has some light happiness. And uh, if you need some friends, hop on and uh, listen to us or hit us up online. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw.
2: You can find me on YouTube at Connor J. Casey.
0: And you can find me on threads at Matt Aguilar CB. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I see what you did there. I see it. I like it. All right. You're getting me more active on threads. All right. <laughs> we, we need to no, know. We need more new goals of 2024. Come on, man. Later. Yeah, I know where it's getting next. So, uh, everybody, have a good time. This is Comic Book Nation. We'll see you guys out there. Peace. Later. later.